Good morning, everyone. Today is Thursday, February 16th, and this is Lisa Chinati calling in from Boston, Massachusetts. I know that today isn't Tactical Tuesday, but I thought that I would still dig in and get super tactical on one of my very favorite tap topics, the art of negotiation. It's one of the skills we as salespeople, business owners, managers, leaders, and parents use on a daily basis sometimes intentionally, and other times we don't even realize that we're doing it. But in the case of real estate transactions, we find ourselves in active negotiations at a few key points. For example, when we're negotiating the offer price and terms, and then again potentially after a home inspection. And while there are many negotiations that go smoothly and all parties work together to create a true win-win scenario, We've all been involved in negotiations where we feel like things are just adversarial. Understanding how to recognize these tactics and how to neutralize them is game-changing. There are several different types of tactics. Some are intended to make us feel pressured or intimidated. Some are intended to trick us into thinking we need to lower our aspirations or make more concessions. And some simply play on our need to close the deal. The more critical the negotiation is, the fewer options we have, the more likely we are to give in and let these tactics work. First are the pressure tactics. Sometimes the other party makes statements that are meant to increase pressure or create anxiety about getting the deal closed or missing an opportunity. If the other party mentions an impending deadline, talks about going to the competition, or gives you a take-it-or-leave-it ultimatum, you shouldn't panic and start making bad decisions or unwise concessions. A few examples of pressure tactics include deadline. Pressures to make, us to, to make choices quickly and give an answer on a tight timeline. For example, you're representing a seller and expecting multiple offers. A buyer agent submits an offer and tells you that the offer is only good for four hours. What should you do? Ask questions to test the reality of the deadline. If it's genuine, find out what happens if the deadline passes. Then decide whether to work with it or around it. In this example, the buyer agent would likely tell you that the buyers will submit an offer on a different property. Most agents would stop there. Instead, dig in deeper. Ask more questions. Which property would they then submit an offer on? Why did they choose your property as their first choice? What would the buyers do if neither offer was accepted? Another type of pressure tactic is using competition. If you can't do the listing for a discount, I'll have to think about it. Your competitors are offering to sell my house for 3%. What should you do? Ask questions. Which competitors do they mean? Are they really offering discounts? And what are they offering to do for that discount? Is it actually comparable to what you offer? The next type of negotiation tactic to be aware of are delay tactics. And that's just what it sounds like. One party is attempting to delay a final decision. There can be a number of reasons why forcing a delay might create leverage for the other party and reasons why we would want to avoid it. Generally, in our business, these types of tactics leave the door open for one party to get a better offer, whether it's the seller who can get a higher offer or a buyer who may have submitted an offer on more than one property at the same time. Often, these tactics involve reference to someone who's not at the table. The best example of this is the missing person. Similarly, referring to someone who is not present who needs to be involved. 
This is typically when we learn that the seller is out of town or working in a building with no cell access or unavailable for a call or to sign an offer. What should you do? Ask how to get in touch with these people and get the issues handled. Ask for a specific timeline and what the plan was if you needed to reach them urgently. Next, we have the manipulation tactics. While many negotiation tactics are manipulative in nature, these own tactics are actually intended to trick or mislead us. They tend to have a high emotional content and are designed to elicit a certain reaction that is probably not in our best interest. Some of these include what we call the flinch. It's where somebody recoils verbally and sends a strong, this is not okay message that makes us want to fix the problem. How many times have you gone through the home inspection and the inspector found an issue? You call the listing agent and ask for a reasonable repair. Then through the phone you hear, what? You're kidding, right? The tone of the voice on the other end of the phone is like nails on a chalkboard. What should you do? Ask questions to find out why they feel the proposal was unreasonable. What do they think is fair? What would they want the outcome to be if they were in your shoes? Next is good cop, bad cop. We all know how this one goes as well. We face a multi-person team in which one person is demanding and difficult, and the other person takes a softer, more reasonable stance. Think back to a listing appointment again with two parties. You charge 6% commission. Bad cop gets upset and righteous because he's never heard of an agent charging so much. Good cop apologizes, says she adores you and really wants to work with you. She can convince a bad cop to sign right now if you'll just discount your commission. What should you do? Ask questions. Don't be intimidated by bad cop or get taken in by good cop. Just because their stance sounds more reasonable than bad cop doesn't mean it's in your best interest. And my least favorite of the manipulation tactics is the moral appeal. This is when one party attempts to appeal to your sense of fairness, often in hopes of gaining a concession. Can you just help us out a little here? What should you do? Ask questions to explore their interests and motivation. Why do they need us to help them out? And what will they do in exchange? Remember quid pro quo. Negotiations should always create a win-win and not a one-sided win. So I hope that you're seeing the theme of what's at play here. The key to winning in negotiations is the same as the key to winning as a salesperson. It's all about knowing what questions to ask and not being afraid to ask them.